0: We are now on to part nine of our series, All the Feels. All the Feels. We're talking about our emotions. We're talking about what to do with them. As with every other aspect of our lives, we want to honor God in this. Now, how do we do that? We do that by aligning ourselves with God's design. That's how we honor him. God has given us guidance for handling the feels, and we find that direction in the scriptures. Today we're continuing the conversation with another emotion. Our topic is regret. Y'all know anything about regret? Maybe you call it shame, maybe you call it guilt. We might define regret this way, carrying the weight of your past. Regret is carrying the weight of your past. It's looking back and wishing that you could make a change, wishing that you could do that thing over again. It's the if-onlys. It's the should-haves that take up residence in our minds. It's the situations that you replay over and over and over again, like watching a movie that you've already seen and you know the ending to, but wishing that it ended differently? Y'all know anything about that? It's the things that you wish you did or you didn't do. The things you wish you said or you didn't say. To be human is to be acquainted with regret. It's an acknowledgement that we don't always get it right. That sometimes we miss, but it can be heavy. If you spent any time carrying your past, carrying regret, you know this to be true. It can be heavy. It can hold us back. It can keep us from living fully in the now. Regret is a thief that steals the potential of the present. And in that way, Regret tends to create more regret. Have you noticed this? You spend time worrying about the time that you wasted, and while you're worrying about the time that you wasted, you're wasting more time? Throw good moments after bad. So the question is, how do we handle this emotion in a healthy way? What do we do with it? How do we process this? What what is God's map for us? In our time together, I want to consider the story... Of someone who knew regret. Someone who lived with that weight, but who got past it. For that, we turn to the third gospel, the one written by Luke. I encourage you all to open up a Bible or Bible app if you've not already done so and join me there. Now, if you don't have one, you can use one of ours. There should be one right next to you. You can keep that. You can also follow along on screen. We're going to begin in Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. Now, let me give you the map so you know where we're headed with this. My aim first is to explore what regret can look like in our lives. What, what form, what shape does it take in our lives? From there, I hope to lay out some liberating truths for you to help loosen the grip of regret. And then we're going to land with some practical steps that we can take to move forward. Now, I need some help to get us started right. I don't know if I should do this. I don't know if you're ready for it. Can, can y'all help me preach a little bit? Let's preach to each other. Tell somebody, get past your past. Come on, get past your past. Get past it. That's, that's not where you live anymore. You've had a change of address. Get past your past. Y'all ready? No, you're not. Let's do this. We're going to do it. Luke chapter 22, starting in verse 54, then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with him. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him. He said, a little later, someone else saw him and said, you also are one of them. Man, I am not. Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows, today you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. So here's what's happening. Jesus has been arrested by the religious leaders of his day. They want to be rid of him because Jesus has proven problematic. He's, he's problematic. He has called into question their authority. He's called into question their assumptions about God. He's called into questions, questioned their, their rituals, their rules, their requirements. He's challenged the control that they have over hearts and minds by positioning themselves as gatekeepers to God. Jesus preached a truth that sets people free. And for it, they would kill him. Church, can I tell you, that religious spirits still oppose the gospel. Religious spirits still find Jesus problematic. Rel- religious spirits still find the simple message of grace threatening, and they try to silence it. Church, we're going to take our cues from Jesus, and we're going to keep preaching him anyway, yes? Yes? That's what we're going to do. Now, Peter, he follows at a distance to see what will become of Jesus. What's going to happen? As Jesus is interrogated in the home of the high priest, he waits outside, he warms himself by the fire, and there he's recognized. How had I seen you before? Your face looks familiar. That's it. You followed Jesus, didn't you? Peter, of course, denies it. No. No, you're mistaken. I I don't know him. It happens again, but, but Peter says again that they have the wrong guy. It must be somebody who looks like me. You're mistaken. Then a third time. There's no denying that Galilean accent of yours. You follow Jesus. The Gospels tell us that at this point, Peter begins to curse, swearing that it is not true. And that's when Jesus looks at him. That's when the regret hits. I wonder if you know what that feels like, to miss the moment, to waste the opportunity. I mean, I have to wonder, what what if Peter in this moment, had been bold? What if? Yeah, you're right. I do follow Jesus. And if if you saw what I have seen, if you heard what, what I have heard, you'd follow him too. What if you began to tell them about everything, the miracles, the messages, the, the countless changed lives? What if? Do you know what it is to betray the trust of somebody that you love? Or to feel like maybe you've let God down? After everything that he's done for me. Have you broken promises? Peter swore that he would be loyal. Jesus, I'll follow you to jail. I'll follow you to the grave. Can you relate to caving into pressure? compromising your convictions in order to fit in or or to be accepted. Regret lands in so many places, church, so many places. It's heavy. It takes a toll wishing that you could take it back. But listen to me. Even here, there's good news. Even here, the gospel is grace for us. Let's back up to verse 31 of this same chapter. Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples. He knows what's coming and he's preparing them for what is coming as well. And he turns to Peter, he says this, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I've prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. Here's a first truth to loosen regret's grip on us. Our slip-ups and our sins don't surprise Jesus. They don't surprise Jesus. Look at this. Jesus said this would happen. He foretold it. Peter, you're going to deny me. Not once, three times. Not a Peter. This is unimaginable. It's unthinkable. I wouldn't do that. He refuses to believe it. But Jesus saw it coming. Listen, church. Jesus called it. And he called Peter anyway. He called it. It's going to happen. And he called Peter. Anyway, he chose him. Anyway, let's bring this into our context. We serve a God who knows the end from the beginning and everything in between. Let me tell you what that means. That means every misstep, every mistake you have made, you are making, you ever will make was already known and accounted for when God picked you. He saw it coming. None of that comes as a a surprise to him. He called it, and he called you anyway. What you and I look back on with regret, God looked forward to with plans to redeem. What we regret, God wants to redeem. Will you let him? Will you let him? (coughs) That leads us to a second liberating truth here. Satan intends to separate. God intends to strengthen. So Jesus says that Satan wanted to sift Peter and the rest. That language may be a little foreign to us. It refers to the process of winnowing. So back in a day where agriculture was less technologically advanced, the process was that they would take grain that had been threshed, the, the, the shells had been cracked, they would throw it up into the air, the grain would fall back down, and the hulls, the chaff, would blow away. So essentially what Jesus is saying to Peter is this, Satan wants to toss you around. And Satan is convinced that your loyalties blow with the wind, Peter. He's convinced that you will fall away forever, but I've prayed for you. Can, can I just go off script for a second and, and pause there and say, how amazing is it that we have a God who is mindful of our mistakes, mindful of our needs, and he intervenes actively for us. Do you know that scripture says when you don't have the words to pray, when you don't know what to pray for, you don't even know where to start, the Holy Spirit himself prays for you. That's the kind of God we serve. I've prayed for you, Peter. You'll be back. And when you return, Strengthen the others. And so he would. So he would. The same Peter who denied even knowing Jesus would spend the rest of his life telling the world all about him. The same Peter would follow Jesus all the way to a cross of his own. See, see Peter Peter could lead. Peter could, could be bold. Peter could proclaim a message of good news, a message of grace to others because he lived it himself. I know that this is true for me and I know it's true for you. Church, this is still just as true for us today. Where the enemy intends to destroy, God intends to develop. Where the enemy intends to destroy, God intends to develop. So those regrets you have, consider them refining. Consider them removing debris that doesn't belong. Don't you dare give Satan the satisfaction of continuing on in your shame. He doesn't own you. Listen, you can't change your past, but God can use your past to change the future. And he wants to do that. All right, so what steps do we take to move forward past regret? Let's jump ahead to another gospel, John chapter 21. Now, at this point in the story, Jesus has laid down his life on a cross. He has been buried and he has left behind a borrowed tomb. Now he meets up with his disciples to prepare them for what comes next. They go out and they tell the world the good news. And there on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, Jesus pulls Peter aside. John chapter 21, starting in verse 15. When they'd finished eating... Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord. He said, you you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt. Because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself, went where where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Follow me. Step one for moving past regret, repent. Repent. When you messed up, when you got it wrong, turn from it. That's what this word repent means. It's it's a change of direction. Remember how Jesus said to Peter, you'll be back. Peter, you were going this way, but but you'll be back. That's what he's talking about. Now, listen, this is so much more than I won't do it again. (laughs) Have you ever said this? I promise I'm never going to do that again. That's part of it. That's a necessary part of it, but that's not all. It's not just what you're turning from. It's what you're turning to. What what does Jesus say to Peter? Follow me. Turn toward me, Peter. You didn't before, but today's a new day. I'm I'm giving you another chance. Start right now. Listen, church, part of repentance, we need to understand this. Part of repentance is turning from regret. It's turning from regret. Failure is not my focus anymore. Jesus is. And this is so vital for us to understand because regret and shame can make you a refugee from grace. Regret and shame can keep you away from Jesus. Don't believe me? Consider Judas. Judas betrayed Jesus just like Peter did. Judas was sorry for what he did just like Peter was. But his shame, his regret, his remorse drove him away from Jesus, the one place that he could find forgiveness, the one place that he could find absolution. Do not make the same mistake, friend. When you carry the weight of your past, when you're dealing with regret, run to Jesus. Do not run from him. He's waiting for you. Just like he was waiting for Peter. Step two, release. Let it go. Let it go. This this may be the hardest part for us. Accept the grace that God gives to you. Maybe you've heard it said, maybe you've said it yourself before. I know that God has forgiven me, but I just can't forgive myself. Let it go. More than what you feel, faith is taking God at his word. It's trusting that when he says you're forgiven by faith in Jesus, you are. God's not holding your past against you. Don't hold it against yourself. Listen, friend, Jesus already went to a cross for it. Stop killing yourself over it. Grace is enough. Grace is enough. Grace is enough for the people in back. Grace is enough. Look at this. Three times, three times Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? How many times did Peter deny Jesus? Y'all, I'm convinced. I'm convinced that if Peter had denied Jesus 10 times, Jesus would have asked the question 10 times. I will say this until you understand it, Peter. My grace is enough for you. I thought you were gonna get more excited about that than you did. (laughs) Friend, grace is enough for you. It's enough for you. Believe that that is true. We repent, we release, and we respond. Jesus tells Peter to feed his sheep. It's the same thing that he said earlier on. When when you return, Peter, when you come back, strengthen the others. Take care of them. Invest in them. Teach them. Lead them. Translation. I have not given up on you. You may have given up on yourself, but we're not done here, Peter. I didn't spend three years investing in you just to let you walk away. That's not my heart, Peter. We're not done. I still have plans for you. I still have a purpose for you. But if that is to have any effect, Peter has to accept it. Peter has to own this. Listen to me. The word of God is powerful. But the word of God will not have any effect in your life if you don't take him at it. If you don't take God at his word, it's not gonna have an impact on you. It's not gonna change things. Peter has to accept this. He has to believe it, and he does. From this point on, we see in him something that Jesus once said, those who are forgiven much love much. I remember where I've been. I remember what I've done. And I remember how grace met me there. And now that grace drives me. From this point on, Peter rises up to lead the early church. He he preaches truth boldly in the face of opposition. He trains up a new generation of disciples. And I have to believe that all of that has something to do with this moment where regret dies and a resurrection happens. That's not who I am anymore it's not who i am peter responded in one of his letters he writes these words above all love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins love covers sins Love covers shame. Love covers guilt. Love covers regret. Peter understood that. He knew that. He experienced that. Now it's your turn. Own that today, friends. Don't let your past hold you back. Let let grace propel you forward. There are so many people who still need the grace that God has given to you. Go tell them, Peter. They need to hear it. They need to hear it. Go tell them. Today's a good day to get past your past.